sheepish. You actually used that one. All right. Good times. I thought he was going to take a picture of our sheep. All right. If you're wondering why there's two dogs or goats or sheep tied up out front, it's because I'm an idiot. Um, pretty much is how this goes. So one day I was, I was working. I, I own an air conditioning business, and I was at, a, uh, at one of my customer's houses, and they, they gave me a, a book. She said she was coming. Are, are you here? She's not. That's cool. Um, she talked to me forever. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, oh my goodness. So I, I fixed the air conditioner, right? And then she found out I was a pastor. And then six books later and uh, a few conversations, like it, it was great. It really was. She was a, a delightful lady and, and really cool. And the smallest book she gave me is the one that I read. Um, it, it's called A Shepherd's Look. At, I know, right? Let's just be honest. <laughs> um, I was at a point where I, I literally had nothing for the students. Like I, I had nothing like brewing in my soul that, that I could preach and, and like really where the students were. And I just really didn't have that much that I was just excited to talk about. And so I was kind of thinking about the sheep thing. But then I was like, it's a whole book. Like, look, I mean, that's a small book, but that's still a big book. Um, so I was like, you know, I'll, I'll try. And I think, you know, once she told me about it, I think a few other people said something about sheep and even mentioned the book. And that's just, you know, it's, that's definitely not a coincidence. So I felt like God was just kind of pushing me that direction. So I started reading this thing. And the, the more that I read, the more I realized that I didn't know anything about sheep. Like, I had no concept. Like, most of the time when I, when I come up here and, and even next door and I'm speaking, I have a basic understanding of what I'm talking about. I know it seems like I don't know, but normally I have a little bit of understanding, like just a, a physical relationship with whatever it is that we're talking about. And, and with the sheep, I had nothing. And, and so the, the more that I read, the more I realized I didn't know anything about being a shepherd or having a sheep or, or what it was like to have a sheep. And I was in my office uh, next door and, and one of the students was there and, and I was like, we, we got, I, I think we need a sheep. Like, I think we need to get a sheep. And they were like, oh, no, we don't need a sheep. And so, I, you know, I pull up Craigslist because obviously that's the most legit place to go if you need a sheep. Um, and so I, I went on there and I, I started looking and, and dude was like, you're not getting a sheep. I was like, I'm just looking, just looking. And so I found this website or on, on there, I found an ad and it, it said lambs for $90. And I was like, a lamb? You're telling me I could get a, a baby sheep? Then I was excited. I was like, this could happen. Like, this is a good idea. So I text the guy. I was like, hey, can I buy a sheep? And if I don't like it, can I just give it back to you and you can keep the money? Uh, and so he was like, uh, that's a weird question. I've never had anybody ask me that. And we don't, and then, so he was like, we don't normally sell one sheep and you can't bring it back. I was like, well, that's odd. I told him I could, he could keep the money. And I was like, well, how many sheep do they normally sell? And so I was like, can I call you? But I called him, and, and he was like, man, we normally sell like 300 sheep at a time. I was like, nope, not for me. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, God, I tried. We're good. We'll do it without a sheep. You know? and, but he was like, but if you want a sheep, we can sell you a sheep. But he said, if you get one sheep, it'll, it'll like, it's real lonely. Like, they're, they're people with nature, and, and so you really need two sheep. And at first, I'm like, this guy's just a really good salesman. He's going to go from one all the way to 300 by the time this is over. And so I was like, well, 
he'll be in my backyard and I can, I'll hang out with him. It'll be cool. And, and so <laughs> he was like, uh, well, you know, if, if you were the last man on earth and you had a dog, like it would be cool, but it, it wouldn't be the same. And so it wouldn't, you wouldn't have that bond. And so it was like, I was like, okay, so two sheep. And he was like, yeah. And so I was like, okay, I can do two sheep. So I drove up there the next day against uh, popular demand. Like they, they said that was a bad idea. And it, it might have been. And, and I, you know, I do stupid stuff all the time. And so I was pretty excited about this stupid thing. But um, so I, I drove up there and, and we bought two sheep. Like we have them. They're out there. They're, their name are Sam and Randy. They're tied up by the tree out there. They have Alabama collars on and an Auburn collar. Not to, you know, I wanted to be fair. And so uh, honestly, I put the Auburn collar on the cooler sheep. Um, I named him Sam the Ram. And then something happened, and, and he became a, a total tool bag. And now Randy, the other one, uh, we, we wanted the most unsheep name of all time. And so we came up with Randy. Uh, Randy's actually turned out to be kind of cool, like he's in, but he's stuck with the Alabama collar. I, I didn't want to bandwagon him. And so, so Randy, the Alabama, kind of wins that one. But I'm still partial to, to Sam the Ram just because his name is Sam the Ram. Um, but anyway, so that's how we wound up where we are today with two sheep in the front yard. And, and it, it's been a really cool thing. Like, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like being up here. I don't like preaching next door. Like, I'll just be really honest. Like, I feel like this is 10% of my ministry. Like, uh, I know this is really cool, and, and y'all maybe get a lot out of this. But with the student ministry, I feel like a, a big part of that is doing life with the students. Like, we get to work with them at Snowbiz, get to work with them with the heating and air stuff. And, and in that, they get to experience just real life stuff. And then, you know, every day, like at Myrtle Beach, like we're up to one o'clock in the morning at, they call it the rock, because in Mexico there was actually a rock. Well, it wasn't even a rock, honestly. It was just a big concrete thing. But that's where, that's where we would stay up late and, and just talk. And, and those, like that's where it happens, you know, like that's where ministry is done. When you're answering the questions that they want to hear and, and knowing and just kind of getting a, an insight to their life. And, and that's what I love. But this is the one exception, like I enjoyed this sermon or series more than, than anything else, and, and I got more out of it than anything else that I, I normally preach. Now, I have to tell you, I have 10 pages of notes, like I'm not kidding. This is by far, hands down, no questions asked, the longest sermon I have ever or hopefully will ever do in my entire life. They're big though, it's, it's big font, all right, don't get too scared. I know, I see y'all are worried, but you're going to love it. And so I'm just, I'm just real, like you have a thing in there that says notes. And so um, later, you know, like if, if you want a copy of the greatest sermon you'll ever hear, uh, you can go home and Google that. But if you want a copy of whatever this turns out to be, then you can come and talk to me after. I will ask though that please don't make fun of my spelling. Uh, these are my notes and... You know, I didn't spell check some of this. It's like handwritten and you may not understand all of it. But if you want a copy, I can definitely print that off for you and, uh, and we can get started with that. And so it's going to be really good. Honestly, I'm going to talk really fast through some of it and y'all try to stick with me. If you can take notes through it, that's really cool. If not, um, I have some of the notes here. They probably won't make sense to you, but it'll be better than nothing. So let's pray real quick and we'll dive into this. God, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you for Sam and Randy. I thank you for just the, the vision and, and the experience that you've allowed us to have, just getting to know the, the sheep and the ways of the sheep and what it means to have a sheep and be a sheep and a shepherd and everything else. 
Lord. I just pray that today you would help us to understand a little more. God, I pray that you would just uh, help us to, to get the message this morning. Just uh, give us understanding and wisdom, Lord. I pray that you would help me just to speak clearly and say what needs to be said. And God, I just pray that, uh, that we just take this time just to, to pay attention and understand what you have for us this morning. Amen. All right. So the first one is, it's, all right, let's read the whole thing first. Are y'all ready? Y'all better, I mean, just buckle up. You know, if you can't hang on, just let me know and I'll slow down maybe. But here we go. Psalms 23.1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Honestly, before I started this sermon, I thought 90% of that meant something completely different. And this book and, and just being able to study this and understand the sheep has just completely blown my mind. So let's dive into this and try to keep up, and I'll try not to bore you too much. Um, the first little section there is the Lord is my shepherd, which is going to come up on the screen. Look at that. Way to go, Chris. They did all of this while I was here. I had no idea. Sheepish is not the name of whatever this is, but I, I guess it is now. There was no name, so now it's called sheepish. But um, here we go. So the Lord is my shepherd. The, the really cool part here and the, the biggest thing that I want to point out is that, that David himself was a shepherd. Like he knew what it took to be a shepherd. He knew what it meant to be a good shepherd. I, I'm a terrible shepherd. I mean, I'm an okay youth pastor at best. But then when you throw in the sheep thing, like I'm just not a good shepherd. I mean, I'm going to be honest. There's days where you go out there and they might not even have water. Like that's horrible. All right. Now they're not dying. Okay. Like they don't need a lot of water. They just need clean water. But you know, it's still pretty pathetic when you roll up in the afternoon and their little bowl is empty. And it's not my fault. They normally knock it over. So it's not like I didn't give them water. But there are days where they're out there and they don't actually have water. And so I, I am definitely not what you would call the good shepherd. Like, I'm not even an okay shepherd. I might be the worst shepherd of all time when it comes to Sam and Randy. But there's uh, my roommates and other people. My mommy uh, has been really good and, and other people that have gone and take care of them. But David, he knows what it takes to be a good shepherd because he was a good shepherd. In 1 Samuel 17, 34, it says, But David persisted, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from my flock, I go after them with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. That's insane. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, I like Sham and Randy. Like, they're cool and all, but I'm not catching anything by the jaw and clubbing it to death. Like, I'm just, I'm going to run like a little girl. But Either way, um, so the, the crazy thing is there, like, David knows what it takes to be an incredible shepherd. Like, he knows what it takes to, to lay down his life to protect 
the sheep. Like he knows more than anybody else. So when he says, the Lord is my shepherd, he has a, a serious understanding of that. He has an amazing relationship with that analogy of an understanding that is, that is better than anything that we can understand. Unless you go and buy sheep and then you have it all there. All right, John 10, 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for us. The shepherd died for us, which is really cool. And so we see that, that Christ is the good shepherd. And we see that parallel beginning through this whole thing when David says the Lord is my shepherd and how the shepherd lays his life down for the sheep and then how Christ laid his life down for us. And then Matthew nine thirty six it says when he saw the crowds, he's had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Here's the, the big important thing here is that we need a shepherd. It says the Lord is my shepherd. And one of the things that we need to realize really quick is that we need a shepherd. These guys, one of the, the cool things that we've learned from hanging out with Sam and Randy is that like if they don't have somebody to lead them and guide them, then, then they just walk off and do stupid stuff. Um, one day they were, uh, the people from St. James, my house is right there by St. James, and Sam and Randy just chill in the backyard, right? Like sometimes I tie them up and sometimes they don't get tied up. Um, they just walk around and do whatever they want. But they'll stay in my yard until some knucklehead from St. James walks into our yard and takes pictures with them. And I know this because I've seen the pictures on Facebook. And so they, they take pictures and then Sam and Randy are like, they just follow them back. You know, like they just, they start walking to St. James and there goes Sam and Randy, just they're right there, and they do this little headbutt thing on your knee right there, and it, it's super adorable, super cute. And so then they're gone. Well, then what happens? The people from St. James go inside of St. James. Then there's two random sheep standing outside in front of St. James, just terrorizing the sidewalk with all their little sheep poop. And then they're like, they're eating the flowers, right? Like they just start, they, they see pretty pink flowers. And they just start eating them, and then we get phone calls at the church. I swear, it's like every week there. Like, we're getting phone calls from St. James, and they're like, uh, yeah, there's two sheep on our front porch, and they're scaring the little kids. I'm like, are you kidding? Tell your people to stay off my property, and your sheep won't be over there. But anyway, so then when they get over there, and they, they lose that person, follow them. Like, they, they follow that person into that little area and then the people go inside and then they're literally sheep without a shepherd and they're just they start doing stupid stuff like they just pee all over everything and they're just walking around and then like I ride the little one wheel thing over trying to find them and they're just chilling by the front door like they've they've eaten all the bushes there's no more flowers over there um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty embarrassing but they they destroy whatever it is like when they, they get over there, they're just, they look so lost. Even when, like this morning, I, I put them out there and I came inside. And they're, they like, when you're with them, they, they have such passion. They have such, like, like they're doing something. Like they're, there's like a purpose in their life when you're right there with them. And then you walk inside and you watch them through the thing. And then they're just like, they don't know what to do anymore. Like there's just nothing. It's like they're, they're lost. Like they're just just existing like they have no purpose to live they they have nobody to hang out with and nobody to to take comfort in it and then they're just they're there there's nobody to lead them and nobody to guide them and and so it's the same way with us like obviously when we don't have a shepherd in our life like we look just as stupid as they do and we act like we act like we know what's best but the reality is is that without a shepherd we're we're walking around aimlessly like we're just existing we're not living we don't have that life we don't have that 
that, um, that passion and that purpose that God created us with when we're out doing things on our own, when we're living like sheep without a shepherd. So y'all get ready. There's a lot of cool stuff like that, right? I know everybody's just like, wow, but just hold on. It gets better. We just, I got to fly, man. We are not going to make it. All right, Colossians 15, we're going to skip that. Christ is supreme, obviously. All right, the next one, I have all that I need. You got it? Oh, my goodness, they're ahead of me. Look at them go. All right, Matthew 6, 26, it says, Look at the birds. They don't plant. They don't harvest or store up food in barns, blah, 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 feeds them. And so the Heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And so here's my, my favorite one is, is don't worry, trust God. You got to know him to be able to trust him. All throughout this, I think the, the one big thing that we walk away with from this whole Psalms 23 is trusting God. The sheep were trusting the shepherd. The, the sheep all throughout this story and all throughout this book, the one thing that we saw was that the, the sheep, they took comfort in being in the presence of the shepherd. And that's when everything was good. That's when everything was great. And so it's the same way with us. Our comfort and our peace is by being in the presence of the shepherd. But you've got to know him. Like you've got to know who the shepherd is. When I first got the sheep, they were terrified of me because they didn't know me. They had no idea what I was about or what I was going to do for them or with them or to them. And so they, were, they wouldn't even come up to me. Now they run to me when they see me coming or, or when I whistle or call or whatever. They, they come running like little dogs. It's pathetic um, and so sweet and cute. But anyway, all right, so then in Matthew 6.15, it says, Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasures, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Um, the world only offers a craving and, and never satisfaction. And so we, we seek that and seek that, but we're, we're, it's just a craving. Like it, it's not going to be satisfied. And the, the cool thing with the, with the sheep that are with the shepherd, like when David says, I have all that I need, he's speaking from the, the point, uh, like the, the viewpoint of a shepherd. And so when, when they're like, I have all that I need, like, they have grass, they have water, they have nourishment, like they're being taken care of, they're being looked after. And so you think a sheep, oh, all it does is go out and eat grass. Like anybody can take care of a sheep because they can just eat grass. But that's definitely not true. When we first got the sheep, I had this grand plan that we were going to build sheeptopia in our backyard. And, and we did. We, we put up this little fence and it was really cool. We had some nice uh, professional construction orange plasticky fence stuff and and we put that out there and I was like they're set we're just going to leave them there and they're going to be fine two weeks later it was completely destroyed there was no grass the bushes were eaten bare like they had taken like they, they would literally paw at the ground and just completely destroyed and so I had to I had to start taking them out like every day I'd have to let them out and let them go eat and then let them not tear up the grass that was there. And then we started tying them up. And so the, the thing is, like, even though it seemed like Sheeptopia had everything that they needed, it didn't. Without the shepherd, they, they destroyed it. Like, they didn't have 
what they needed. And so when, when David says, I have all that I need, he knows not only that, that God's going to provide, but he's going to continue to provide. He's going to continue to guide us. Because if I had not taken the sheep out of that area and led them to a better place, it would have never grown back. Like we would have, they would have died eventually because they just wouldn't have had the food that they needed. And so it's not just God's taking care of this and that. Like he's taking care of everything. It's, it's a constant thing day in and day out. It's a really cool thing. Um, and so just to have that relationship, peace only comes from knowing God. Let's keep going. It's going to be good. It's getting better. All right. It says I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. I am spitting more than I've ever spat in my entire life. He lets me rest in green meadows. All right. Here's a cool thing. A sheep will not lay down. Like the first day that we had them, they wouldn't, they wouldn't lay down. They just stood up all night and like they walked around out there and, and they were really nervous, really timid. Even in the car, like they would try to stand up and not lay down, like, even though, I mean, y'all, some of y'all have ridden with me, but the, uh, <laughs> they, eventually they, they wouldn't even lay down all the way. They would just put their front feet on, the, like, on their elbows or whatever those are called, I guess a knee for a sheep. I don't, I don't really know the, the biology. Maybe Tullus could help me out with the, I don't know. But anyway, they would, they would keep their back legs up, but they still, they, they wouldn't rest. Like even in the car, even when it was just being thrown all over the place, they, they wouldn't lay down and rest. They would put their legs down because they were falling over but not their back legs they would they would stay stood up and the the cool thing there is that a sheep if they're not comfortable if they're not free from all kind of irritation they will not rest they will not lay down they will not go to sleep they'll they'll stay up they'll watch out they'll stay on their feet and not move around it and now you can see like they're so comfortable out there like when y'all pull up they're just chilling out there under the tree like some of you may not have even seen them but but now they're, they're at a point where, where they're comfortable in their surrounding. But, but like a sheep, if it's hungry, it'll walk around. It, it won't lay down. If there's food or no food, it, if it's hungry, it will just walk around. Like it won't lay down. If it's thirsty, same idea. If, it, if, it's, um, if bugs are bothering it or if it's scared. Like if there's a dog barking across the street because your, your neighbors are crazy, um, then they'll, they'll just stay up until they get comfortable with that. And so in First Peter, we see 5.8, it says, Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And, and the, the thing is, like, Satan is real, and, and we need to know that. Like, he's out there, and a lot of us are comfortable. Like, a lot of us are, like, we think we're comfortable, but we have no idea what real comfort is. And, and we're, trying to, we're trying to go through life without that shepherd, and we're, we're constantly moving. Like, we're constantly not at peace with ourselves or constantly on our feet feet, trying to work through stuff on our own and not resting in God, not going to him and experiencing that comfort that he has for us. And so as it it keeps going in uh, Ezekiel 34, 15, it says, I myself will tend my sheep and give them a place to lie down in peace, says the sovereign Lord. And it's God saying like God loves us enough to take care of him himself you know what I mean like God loves us so much that he's not sending another shepherd to take care of us or he's not allowing us to be taken care of by some secondhand owner or operator or whatever like he's actually doing it himself like he wants us to rest in him he wants us to lie down in peace with him and honestly that's the only way that we're going to have that peace the only way that you're going to be free from all the things bugging you in life all the things that are scaring you in life all the things that that make you uncomfortable is by resting 
in Christ. And, and God is the only one that's going to allow us to, to lay down and rest in him like that. And so I'm going to skip through a lot of this. There's, there's really good stuff. I'm telling you, y'all should have been in youth group. All right. Um, the next one, he leads me beside peaceful streams. This was really cool. This may have been one of my favorite chapters in the book because it, it talks about the, the water and everything. And it talks about how sheep get water. And then it also kind of talks about us a little bit. You know, like 73% of our body is water. Like that's insane. It's, it's around there. Um, that's like up to here almost. Like if, if you did your body, like 73% is like in this area. Like all of that's water. Like it's in your joints. It, it makes your head. There's like this little space right here and it's cushioned with water. And if you're, if you're dehydrated, your head starts hurting. So my new thing, every time one of the students complains about something, they're like, I cut my leg off, like, drink water, you'll be, you'll be better. Like, no matter if they're having a bad day, like, they get snappy with each other, I'm like, drink some water. So, but, but it really does help. Like, it, it really is cool. And so for, for a few days after this sermon, I was like, I'm drinking nothing but water. It's amazing. Now I have, I have come back to, like, however much Dr. Pepper drink, I'm going to drink twice as much water. And I've, I've been doing pretty good with that one. So, but it's, it's really amazing. Ninety-something percent of, of Americans are just people are dehydrated, and we don't even realize it. Like, I feel so much better when I drink water opposed to other things. And so just seeing how important it is to us and then also understanding how important it is to the sheep was really, really cool. And there's, there's three ways that a sheep gets water, all right? It, there's, there's like the streams, like it's like he leads me beside peaceful streams. So obviously, you know, water. And the, the beauty of the, the peaceful stream is that it's not scaring them and it's clean water. Like the water that's moving is clean. And a lot of times there isn't a peaceful stream. And the shepherd goes ahead of the sheep and prepares that area and actually builds a dam and makes the water come out around so that there's a, a flow that's peaceful that the sheep will actually walk up to and, and drink out of. And so it's really cool to see how God does that for us. He goes out and prepares that place for us. And then there's also wells that you can get. And it, it's kind of like um, that would be like the relation between the, the Holy Spirit. Like it, it even says in... Maybe John seven thirty seven. it says, On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing. So water is vital to our life as just as much as the Holy Spirit is vital to our spiritual life as well. And so the relation there, when he's saying he leads me beside peaceful streams, he's saying like that, that God is taking care of him in a way that, that's restoring his soul and that it's, it's very, it renews his strength and restores my soul, which is the next thing. But we're not going there, so wait. Um, then the other one, my favorite, is the dew. And I, I didn't understand this. Like when I would wake up, really early in the morning, and I would, I would get ready and, and go outside, the, the sheep looked happy. Like, it, it was weird. Like, they were just, they were just happy. Like, they, they have this facial expression of stupidity most of the time. But early in the morning, like, they, they were happy. And I didn't really understand that. And then I read this, and it was like in the morning time when the dew is on the ground, they get to eat grass and drink water at the same time. And it's like super refreshing. Like it's like so much fun for them, and it just gets their day off to a great start. And so, and it would make me mad. I was like, 
why are you smiling? It's like, it's so early. But so the, the more I understood that, and I've always heard like, you know, all these super Christian pastor people are always like, oh, you got to get up early and read your Bible first thing because that's the real Christian way. And, and I'm like, that's just not me, you know, like, like I don't want to be up early. I want to be in, asleep as long as I can. And I, I like to read my Bible at night. And, but after seeing this, like the, the sheep get that fresh start on their day like they get that word basically like they get their water and so for us to experience God in the morning like it's a refreshing thing and it prepares us for the whole day when the sheep don't get their little water grass in the morning they're in a bad mood all day um and being able to to see that like when when they were in sheeptopia and there was no grass in the morning it would literally like they just didn't look that happy like they were really mad but when you would set them free, and, and now Sheeptopia is back. Like, it, it has regrown, and it looks better than ever. But they, um, they would have that grass in the morning, and they were just they were ready to go. Like, they just had more energy. They had more passion and stuff. And it, it was really cool to be able to see that. And so it, it drew that, like, that parallel to being able to experience God that early in the morning was an amazing thing. And it, it just puts a, a, a great, refreshing thing on the day. Now, when it says he leads me beside peaceful streams, guys, there's, there's a lot of sheep that stop at the puddles and the, the ruts, and they, they drink that nasty water. Like, they try to do things on their own, and they, they drink the, the just nasty, like, seriously, they drink each other's pee. Like, if, if you don't give them, like, I'm just going to be real. Like, it's nasty. Like, they've been over there a few times, and they'll like lose each other for a second and then they come back to each other and their little heads hit each other like they bump into each other and they're so relieved they both pee at the same time um it's adorable and sick all like it really is but then a few seconds later i don't normally give them water on wednesdays because i didn't want them peeing in the thing but what happened is they peed anyway and then they drank each other's pee um which is really nasty so Back to stupid land, like they're stupid enough to do it on their own and to just find that on their own and, and it's really messed up. And we're in the same place. Like if, if we're not allowing God to lead us to those peaceful streams, if we're not allowing God to fill us with the Holy Spirit and to, to create, like help us be who he's created to be, if we're not getting up in the morning or, or just getting into God's word and receiving that nourishment that we need to continue on in life, then we're missing out. We're metaphorically drinking pee. Like it, it's nasty. It's bad for you. Don't do that. Um, don't do it on your own. And so they would, you know, eventually they would get sick and parasites and everything else and, and they could die from that if they weren't taken care of. And so that's a really cool thing. Y'all should get this book. But anyway, all right. He renews my strength. He restores my soul. Psalms 42, uh, verse 2, it says, Why am I so downcast? Why is my soul so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior my God, this one's fun. Um, we know what it's like to be hurting and without hope, and, and everybody's been there before. And here's the, the thing, when it says downcast, I don't know how many of you actually know what the word downcast means, but when I had this sheep inside, I wanted to bring this sheep inside so bad, but that was just a terrible idea uh, on this floor. Next door, it's amazing. But I actually brought the sheep in, and downcast is when a, a sheep rolls over on its side, it can't get back up. Like when the sheep get bigger, now these guys are young and agile, and, and when I flipped them over, they were like right back up in a heartbeat. But a bigger sheep, um, when they're when they're bigger and their fur gets bigger or fur, <laughs> what's it called? 
wool. Yeah, when their wool gets big, whatever it is, who cares? <laughs> when their hair gets bigger, um, they can't roll back over. Like it's, it's like they're literally downcast and they're flipped over and the shepherd has to come and rescue them. The shepherd actually has to come and, and it, it renews their strength. Like when they get flipped over, the chemicals in their body start going places where they shouldn't be and they actually start dying because of those chemicals and it, it, it drains their life. So it's not like they're going hungry or anything, but it actually starts to drain their life. So when a shepherd finds one that's been downcast and flipped over upside down for a long time, it has to nurse it back to health. Like it doesn't just pick it up and push it and let it walk again. Like it actually takes time for it to get back right and for the chemicals to go back where they're supposed to and for the sheep to be able to operate and walk around like it is. And so then we see there's a, a couple of different ways that a sheep can fall over. There, there's three different, like there's three major ways that, that sheep wind up falling over on their side. And it's, it's being too comfortable and then too much wool and then also being fat, like unhealthy basically. And so the thing here, it says in... Um, in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, it says, if you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. And so the, the deal is, don't get too comfortable. When the sheep gets too comfortable laying down, like it'll lay down, and it'll get comfortable, and it'll kind of stretch just a little farther, and then boom, on its side it goes, like just right over there. And it's the same way with us a lot of times. We're going through life, and we get too comfortable doing what we're doing. We try to do stuff without God. We try to do it on our own, and we get too comfortable where we are, and we think we're standing strong, and then boom, we fall. We're right there where we shouldn't be. We're on the path where we don't need to be. And so, but God still comes and restores us if we're, if we're there with the good shepherd. And then in John 3.30, it says, um, yeah, he must become greater, I must become less. But it's talking about a sheep. A sheep's wool is his glory. Like when, when a sheep's wool gets nice and full, he has this attitude about him. Like he walks around and it's like you can tell he's, he's kind of got a chip on his shoulder like I'm better than all of y'all because he is, because his wool is amazing. But when that, so they're, they're very prideful about their wool. And if, if that wool gets too thick, it'll actually cause them to lose balance. Like they'll actually, they walk through the, the ground and with ruts and everything and it'll actually offset their weight and then they flip over and it's like, ha ha, you idiot. But all the other sheep laugh at him. But then again, the shepherd comes and restores him and renews him and picks him back up. But don't we get the same way? Like don't we get prideful? Don't we glorify ourselves and we think that we're all that? And next thing you know, we're, we're right there on that path where we don't need to be. We're right there where that death and destruction follows. And it's a, it's a crazy place. And so we can see from the sheep that we need to be careful with that. And then the, the shepherd, if it happens too many times, you know what the shepherd does? He cuts that mess off. Like he, he will shear them. And it's a painful process. Like they, they actually come out all bloody and, and they get cut up because the sheep don't, they just don't stand there. Like it's not like going to the 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 place where they put the little apron on you and you just chill. Like the sheep fight the whole time and the dude that does it, like he'll cut them and, and it just pulls their skin, it pulls their hair out and it's a, it's a painful process, but it actually saves their life. You know what I mean? Like that discipline that the sheep goes through and that, that hard time and it, it actually saves their life. And it's the same way with us. As, like there's, there's stuff in our life that God's gonna trim away if we let it get too prideful. Like if, if we let it grow too much and it's not about him, God will cut it away. And that's, that's been a dangerous prayer for me to be praying for the students. But 
but we have. Like, it, it's been really cool. And, and to see what God has been taking away from us and what, what he's been trimming away from us has been really cool. And so to remedy that, the, the shepherd will come in and just cut all that wool off. And it's the same way with us. Like, God will come in and take that out if you ask him to, and, and he will discipline. Like, it, it says that the Lord disciplines those that he loves. It's a really cool thing. Um, and then, here we go. In Revelation 3.17, it says, You say I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize what a wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked person that you are. Um, the sheep, the third way was that, that they get too fat. Like they, they actually get so overweight that, again, they're walking and they actually flip over and, and go sideways. And, and so um, the, the shepherd will actually, again, cut back. Like they, they separate them from the herd uh, or flock. Let's use real sheep terminology here. Is it a flock? Yeah, I think it's a flock. Uh, the, the shepherd will separate them and put them on a different diet. So, like, they'll actually go in the, in the bad pasture where there's not as much food. They won't get any of the grain. They won't get anything like that until they get healthy again, until they get back where they need to be. Um, and it's the same way with us. Like, we say that we're rich. We say that we have everything that we want, and we don't need a thing. And we don't even realize how wretched and miserable and poor and blind that we truly are. Um, and so God's going to, again, come in. And in Hebrews, like with the, the discipline and corrects, in Hebrews 12, 5, it says, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. And guys, we, we've got to be looking for that discipline. Like some of the students have come to me and, and they're like, oh, I'm grounded and blah, 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 and it's so bad, and my mommy and daddy won't let me do this or won't let me do that. And, and one day I just looked at one of the kids, I was like, yeah, it really sucks to be loved, doesn't it? Um, you know what I mean? I'm like, you're literally complaining because somebody loves you enough to protect you and teach you and discipline you and keep you safe. And, and we're the same way with God. Like sometimes we just got to be sh- like, we just need to shut up and be happy that somebody cares enough about us. And, and God's right there with us. Like we go through some tough times in life, but a lot of times it's, it's because we're being disciplined by God. It's because we're, we're getting that fat trimmed off of us or that wool or, or whatever. They, you know, when when the sheep get too comfortable, if that becomes a problem, like they're all getting too comfortable, the shepherd will actually leave a dog out there so that they, that, so that they stay afraid just a little bit. Like not completely afraid, but just enough that they won't like get off guard and roll over on their side. And so God does the same stuff. Like he puts stuff in our life to keep us on our toes and to keep us following after him, which is really, really cool. Matthew eight twelve it says, if a man has a hundred sheep, and he loses one, and then you go out and look for the one. Y'all have all heard that. Um, And it it says God is looking for each and every one of us. Like, God is actually searching for us, and he's looking to rescue us, and he's looking to take care of us. Because when when the shepherd's counting the sheep, if one's missing, he goes out and searches for the one that is flipped over or whatever, and he goes out to to renew and to restore, um, which is really cool. And that restoration comes from peace in Christ and living water and all that cool stuff. He guides me along the right paths, bringing honor to his name. Um, I'm just going to explain this one real quick just so we can get out of here. When it says he brings me, um, he leads me on right paths, bringing honor to his name. You remember I, I told you in Sheeptopia got completely destroyed. 
Um, when you travel through sheep country, whatever that is, I don't even know, but when you're like driving down the road and there's like flocks of sheep on both sides of the road, you can look at the pastures and you can see who's a good shepherd and who's not a good shepherd because you can tell by the, the grass, like by the pasture land, if you leave your sheep in one area too much, they'll actually destroy it. Like they'll, they'll completely destroy it. And so the, um, the shepherd will move them from place to place. You know what I mean? Like one day the sheep are eating over here, and then a couple of days later they're over there, and then it, it moves around and around. And so by doing that, and by keeping the, you keep the sheep healthy, but you also bring honor to your name as a shepherd. Because when, when people are driving down the road and people in your community, they see your pasture land, and it's like it all looks really good. Like that guy is taking very good care of his sheep. But when you're driving down through there and you see this land that's just destroyed, then people are able to say, well, that guy's an idiot. Like, he's doing a terrible job. He doesn't care about his sheep at all. And it's the same way with our life. Like, God leads us in a way that it, it leaves blessings for other people. Like, if, if you're being led by Christ and you're allowing God to be the shepherd of your life, there's, there's going to be blessings and the, the grass metaphorically is, is going to be amazing. The relationships that you have are going to be incredible and people are going to see that. People are going to notice that and it's going to bring honor to God's name. People are going to be able to see that guy is following Christ and it's, it's amazing. Like I want to be a part of that when we're glorifying God. But when we're running around doing our own thing and we're a Christian um, we're not glorifying God. Like we're not bringing honor to His name when, when we're destroying the the metaphorical pasture land that God has put in our life. We are not honoring God's name, and, and so it's it's crazy to see. Like it's it has blown me away to see how much of this whole Psalms twenty three is actually in reference to the whole sheep thing. And so even though we think we know what's best, like we don't. Um, the sheep will walk the same path. Like they will completely destroy a piece of property if they're not guided correctly. And it's the same way with us. Guys, it, it says in the Bible that, that there's a way that seems right unto man, but its end is death and destruction. And that's where we are. If we're going through life and not being led by Christ, then we're on a path of death and destruction. Even though it seems like it's the right path and seems like it's okay, it, it's not. Um, and other people can see that. Like, that's the worst part for me. Like, like I'm not, I don't want to take God down with me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to say, like, God is my shepherd and then not bring honor to his name and not be able to glorify him. And so being able to follow him is, is what brings glory to his name. And then it also helps me to get to green pastures and to stay taken care of. The next one says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. It's amazing. The valley is not the end. Like, that's the cool part. So throughout this whole thing, throughout all of Psalms 23, it's a journey. Like, they start off at the home ranch and wherever they, the sheep are most of the time for the winter. And then as, the, as spring hits, they start to journey up the mountain to the, to the top where there's like beautiful grass, the air is nice, and then it also gives the, the land 
down in the, on the home ground a chance to renew. You know what I mean? Like it gives the grass there a time to grow, and it, it kind of gets the, the flock off of that and puts them up on a, a different piece of property so that it can be taken care of. And so the valley, a lot of times it says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. And, and the valleys of our lives are definitely scary places, but that's not the end. The valley is just a a place on the journey. Like it's just what we have to go through to get to the top of the mountain where the the great amazing grass is, the better air, the the whole thing. Like it's it's amazing thing to be able to do. So the next time like you're going through that valley, don't get stopped and, and afraid, but look forward to what's moving next. Like look forward to what's coming and just keep going. Like listen to Dory. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. You know, like you just gotta keep going. Um, movement is life. And so if, if we stop in that valley and we get depressed and we don't keep our eyes fixed on Christ, then we're we're gonna get beat up, we're gonna get broken down. And the, the cool thing here it says, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. That's my favorite part is, is where the um, the shepherd, he knows the way. And the, the valley, it has food and water. It, it has everything that we need. And even in that valley, we can learn from everything that we have. Like we can, we can learn from those experiences and we can grow closer to Christ and closer to one another and keep moving. And so we can face the valley with peace and even excitement. Like sometimes it, it's hard to be excited when you're going through a tough time in life, but knowing that God has a plan, knowing that God is bigger than whatever it is that you're going through, knowing that it's just a, a part of the journey to something better, it's exciting just to see what's ahead. You know what I mean? Like when we're going through a tough time as a youth group, everybody gets all depressed and, and sad, and I'm like, this is going to be awesome. I'm like, this is horrible. So the, whatever's coming has got to be amazing. Um, and just remember that, that your way isn't right and just to stick close to God. Like that's the thing, the, when you're walking around with the sheep, they're right there. It's the most annoying thing. Like they just keep hitting the back of your leg and hitting the back of your leg when you're walking. But they want to be close to you um, when they're being led. And we need to be the same way. We need to be right there like butting God with our little head, like just getting all up in his space and experiencing him. It's just really incredible. And so, and God is there, like he's right there with us. But we can walk off on our own if we want, I guess, but... That would not be smart. Um, let's keep going. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. That's not that big of a deal. Uh, the rod is kind of a, a picture, like it, it paints a, a picture of, of Scripture. Um, and it's there. It's used for protection, inspection, and, and discipline. Like the, when the shepherd has the rod, they actually use it to discipline the sheep if they're doing something wrong. They use it to, um, they'll, they'll hold it in a way, and when they count the sheep, and they, they actually use the rod to kind of pin them so that they can inspect their body to make sure they don't have any kind of parasites on their skin or anything like that. And so, you know, Scripture is the same way. Like it helps us look at ourselves and, and see um, what's going on and then, uh, it keeps going. Discipline. It keeps them from running away. It warns them from danger. Like if a sheep is about to eat something poisonous, the shepherd will actually throw the rod at it. Like it'll, it may not hit it, but it'll like land really close and it scares the sheep. And so it, it's kind of the same way. Like it, it's a warning and scripture's the same way. Like scripture warns us from a lot of stuff and it should scare some of us when we understand it um, and know what it actually says. And so we keep going. The staff is uh, kind of a, a depiction of the, the Holy Spirit. It says, used to handle sheep, pick them up and guide them, saves them after falling in the water. Which is really cool. The staff is that thing with that hook, you know, like it does that little deal. Um, and it, it's actually, if they fall off, like they can fall off into the water. 
uh, when they're being stupid like sheep. And uh, the shepherd will actually take that hook and hook them right up under their front legs and just pull them right back up. And so it's really cool. But then it also um, it, it comforts them as well. When the, when the sheep and the shepherd are walking, he'll take that staff and he'll turn it upside down and he'll hook it on the back of their neck. And it's like walking and holding hands is what it says. Like when a, when a shepherd, it's like showing favor on whichever sheep. So like his little buddy doesn't get the Auburn collar. Like his, his, his little buddy gets like the little shepherd's staff. It just kind of lays beside him and, and just kind of pets him as they're walking. And it's like, dude, I, I, I like you better than all these other idiots. Um, or whatever it is. And so they know, like they know that the rod protects them. And we need to know that as well. We need to know that scripture protects us and that, um, that scripture is, is, is specifically for us. Like that shepherd's staff, it's, it's whole design, that hook and then that other little thing, like it was made specifically for taking care of sheep. And the, the scripture that God has given us, the Bible that God's given us, is specifically for us. It was designed for no one else. It was made just for us. And so we need to take comfort in that. You prepare a feast. Now this is the New Living Translation. It says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Um, most translations say that you prepare a table for me, uh, which, is, which is crazy. I, I sit down at my little office thing, and uh, I, have like, I have all my stuff. You know, I get my books out, and I get everything turned on. I got my keyboard ready, and, and I got my little thing to take notes with, and I, I get the, the book out, and I start reading. And uh, guess what the top of the mountain is called? Does anybody know what the top of the mountain is called? You know, like a mesa? Uh, it, it means table. Um, when I read that, I, I literally, like, I'm, I'm right there, and it said the top of a mountain is the table. And I was like, I'm done. Like, I just, I quit. Like, I, I put everything away, and I left. I just went, I just left. Because it was like, it, it's mind-blowing. Like, you prepare the top of the mountain is what it's saying. It's like, you're not preparing a feast for me. It's you prepare the top of the mountain for me in the presence of my enemies. And, and what it's saying is that the shepherd goes up before the sheep, goes to the top of the mountain and, and removes all the poisonous stuff, removes the sticks. Like he actually takes the sticks and builds little dams and little walls next to the edges. Like if the sheep's about to like walk off the edge, if there's like grass right here and then a, a cliff, the shepherd will actually build a little fence there and prepare that area so that the sheep can't stumble and fall off the side of it and so he goes up there and and any threat like the the enemies that are up there any kind of animals like whatever like a cougar or a lion or a tiger or whatever um is up there like the the shepherd actually gets rid of them he makes his presence known like he's there in the presence of the enemy and he's saying i'm here i'll beat the crap out of you with this club if you try to mess with my sheep so when he's saying like, like he's already been there, like he's already defeated whatever that threat is, and, and that threat might be stupid enough to, to think about it, but it already knows the shepherd. It already knows how serious the shepherd is before the temptation even gets up there, before the sheep even come up there. The shepherd has already gone and taken care of that. And so as long as they stay close to the shepherd, they're good. They're, they're as happy as can be, and they're safe. 
Um, and so, like, even though the, the enemies are up there, like, God has already defeated that. The enemy is afraid of God, um, and God loves it when we rest in Him. Like, that's, that's really cool. Like, God loves the, like, when we come and seek comfort in Him. One of the, like, um, we're not going to tell that story. It doesn't matter. All right, so He loves it when we, when we come and rest in Him. Like, He knows that there's threats out there. He knows that, that there's all kind of threats, but but when we go and, and we seek his comfort and when we seek that protection that he has, the only protection we'll ever have, he absolutely loves it. Um, so it's really cool. And then you honor me by anointing my head with oil. Um, the, the bugs are really bad like this time of year. Like when spring's coming, the, the bugs are everywhere. And it, they start like they'll actually crawl up in the nose of the sheep and actually like they bang their head and kill themselves trying to get the bugs out of their head, actually. Like, it's actually brutal. Um, so the, the, the shepherd will actually put oil on their head every day, like during this season. Like, the, the shepherd goes out of his way to, to go out there and, and take care of them. And, and that's where that is. That's what it's talking about, um, which is, is really, really cool. And so we see that, that it has to be applied every day, and we see that, that God's there. So that even the things that, that are bugging the crap out of us, God is there to take care of that. If, if we go to Him and we seek that anointing, if we seek that comfort that He has. Um, this one's really good, too. My, my cup overflows with blessings. This is crazy. I was just thinking that's just a general thing. But the reality is, is at night, like when they're, it's springtime, and they're on that journey to the top of the mountain, it gets really cold sometimes at night, and the, the sheep will actually start getting sick and not feeling good. And the shepherd actually has a cup with, uh, we'll call it NyQuil, um, and he'll actually, he'll actually, he'll actually pour that um, that really really good NyQuil in the uh, in the cup. And the sheep will come to him and drink from that. And it, it actually warms them up. It actually refreshes them. And, and it, it gives them uh, just comfort. Like it, it helps them to rest. It, it helps them not to be so cold. And so it, it's really cool. Like when he's saying my cup overflows with blessings, that's what that's referring to. And, and God, God definitely wants to fill our cup and wants to, uh, to be there with great blessings. And so it's really cool. And then the last one. It's the last paper. Don't tell Keith that I went to, who cares? Y'all can leave if you want. I'm not, it's not going to bother me. I'm just saying, if you want to walk out, there's the door, all right? I won't even notice. These lights are so bright, and I'm having such a good time on my own up here. (laughs) Y'all rock on. All right, so the last part, it says, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Um, that first part, it's like they're boasting in God. You know what I mean? Like he's saying that, that God has taken care of me in such an amazing way. He's saying your goodness and your unfailing love are right there pursuing me all the days of my life. And it's an incredible thing. And bad things might happen, but it always turns to good. And, and God loves us. Like he's right there to take care of us and chasing after us. And, and the cool thing is that when he's, when he's pursuing us... Um, Sheep can help. Like when he's pursuing us, it actually like leaves the blessings behind. You know what I mean? Like when God's goodness 
and, and his unfailing love are, are right there in our life, then we're at a point where we're leaving behind blessings and not destruction. And that, that's what he's saying here. Like he's definitely just boasting in God and, and he knows who God is, has that relationship with him and knows that God is taking care of him and doing some really cool stuff. And then it says, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever, boasting again. He has no desire to leave. The grass isn't greener on the other side of God's fence. He just wants to be in God's house for all the days of his life. And that's an incredible thing. And that's an incredible opportunity for us. We can have that same relationship. We can have that shepherd and sheep relationship with God because we are so much more important to him than sheep. We're so much more important than birds and flowers and everything else. And, and he wants that relationship. He wants us to experience him. He wants to be real in our lives and in every single person's life in here. And just today, like I, I hope that you've been able to see how that relationship differs and, and how we can take comfort in who God is and how we can be led just like sheep are led and how helpless we are when we're out there on our own doing what we think is right, doing what we want to do and not doing what God wants to do. We have an incredible opportunity for, for major blessings and just an incredible uh, opportunity to bless other people that are in our life when we're submitting to God's lordship. And so it comes all the way back to the, the very beginning and he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And I hope that you can say that today. Like, I hope that you can walk out of here today submitting to God's lordship, submitting to being a sheep, submitting to being led by a shepherd who, who's so much smarter than every single one of you, who is so much more amazing than all of us could possibly imagine, that simply wants to lead us to the top of a mountain, simply wants to lead us to green pastures, take care of us day in and day out. And I, I hope that you have that same experience. If, if God is not the Lord of your life, if he is not the great shepherd in your life, and you want to know how that's possible, and you want to talk more about that, I'll be here all afternoon, and it's, it's going to be cool. I'll, I'll talk to you as long as you want to. So let's pray real quick, and I'll let y'all go to lunch. God, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you for your amazing message, your creation, just allowing us to, to see how incredible you are with the things that you've given us in this Lord. And God, I, I just, in this world, Lord, I just pray that, that you would lead us, help us to submit to your lordship, to your shepherding. God, I, I just pray that we would see how amazing you are and, and how much better your ways are than our ways. And Lord, we just pray that uh, you would just be gentle with us, correct us, put us back on the path that we need to be on, and um, just help us to glorify you in everything that we do. Amen.